UFC Fight Night Finding Bigfoot Edition is complete, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is a lot easier from outside the cage. I am your host, Kevin Phillips. With me, the man whose booking talents are fast becoming legend, Raf Esparza. Raf, how are you doing this evening? Why did you say my name two different ways? I don't know. It's snowing and it felt like maybe it was a good way to release my anger through a positive embracing of your culture i will let you know first of all no but okay. second of all i will let you know it is also cold out here i am wearing a sweater <laughs> i uh <laughs> don't piss me I off this early in the episode in i'm the already angry but cold to get to this podcast what is it 68 degrees it's colder than that I will 65. call up how cold it is right now. Raph, I might be clairvoyant. Okay. When we interviewed Carlos Condit at the Jiu-Jitsu Expo, I said, look out, Matt Brown, you're going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Now, I wasn't specific enough, but I obviously called it because Matt Brown is out, and they're not even replacing the fight. They're They're completely wholesale done. My question to you, sir... What do you think of that? They're not even – do you think they couldn't find an opponent for Carlos Condit? Do you think they just didn't want to? Do you think he didn't want to? He is a Jackson guy. What happened here? Uh, well, first of all, let's get rid of any notion that you had any foresight. So, oh, I was hoping you weren't going to see it because I masked it right deep the in the other questions. No, you masked it. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself on how well you hid that. Good job, you. Uh, no, and uh, you know – I think this is a testament to the strength of the UFC on Fox 9 card, that it still is a good card. Like, this was a fight, obviously, you and I were very excited about, because the the Work. styles just seem so interesting, yeah. right? Yes, um, and I, it's hard I, to do that. We just really needed to see Carlos fight again, too, because we have a serious, that 170-pound division is contentious. We do not have a clear number one, not after the last Hendricks-GSP fight. Really, we don't have a clear one through four order because there are some unknown questions. This was a great chance to answer some of those questions, and I feel really chipped. Andrew said it tonight. He was like, there wasn't some Brazilian they could just plug in? Like, come on. Somebody would have fought Carlos Condit. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people to fight him, and there are plenty of people in that division who would make interesting uh, kind of mashups for him. But if you think about it, just from the, the spectacle side, Carlos Condit is not a fighter you just want to see fight for no reason. Like, dude has come really close to winning that title and could be uh, a really good contender in that if, let's say, GSP, because he's about to announce his plans this week. I don't know if you've heard this. He's holding a press conference. <laughs> yeah, Have you I heard actually, this? I, yeah, I spoke to GSP before the podcast. He's actually going to come on, Raph. For just a second. Oh, oh, is he really? Yeah. yeah. And tell us what's going to happen in the future. Okay. Well, you just <laughs> let me know what he's doing that. Don't because worry. it would be good for him to know that. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure. That way we okay. can coordinate things. Sure. Uh, really good for him to know. <laughs> because I sometimes love it when... he doesn't know. Yeah, sometimes we forget to tell gsp so we have to Mm -hmm. pre-warn him so he knows that he should be here for a certain time do you think this changes anything about the title lineup for the one through three in the 170 pound division 
Obviously, and that's why they're not playing around with it. And they did say they're going to put him on UFC 170. So congratulations, UFC 170. You got Carlos Condit. Um, Bright side for you. Yeah. He gets to spend time with the kids. And we all know how much you you love him as a family man. Side story. Side story. No less than 9,000 times at the Jiu-Jitsu Expo when you go, he's a good father. We were watching the super fights, and so was he. And he had his two kids with him, and they were kind of like running around. He went and just sort of started chasing them. You know, the thing you do when you're being an attentive father. And I just leaned Mm -hmm. over in a day and age where professional athletes are, you know, killing people in some (laughs) (laughs) some stages. It was just, I thought it was noteworthy to lean over and say, hey, there's one doing the whole parenting thing right. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe also, I said it a few times, but, you it know. It also takes your obsession with him to another level that's like, yeah, he's he's definitely father material. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's how weird it is when you're telling me this and i'm supposed to look at you like you're a normal human being it's well you're supposed to look at me like i'm a human being let's not i'm not going to shoot for the stars on the normal thing but we are super upset we aren't going to see carlos condit at this next round of fights and frankly i think it kind of degrades the entire event from a (laughs) here's let me make one last pitch for why they should and it doesn't even necessarily have to be carlos condit but why they should definitely try and replace the fight with something fun there's always a nice spontaneity when two fighter when a fighter like picks up a fight last minute. It adds some juice to an otherwise stale event, and this one could use some juice. Is all I'm saying. Who do you? Why do you think this fight card can use some juice? Explain uh, to me that Demetrius Johnson versus Benavidez is it's a fine card. It's going to be a high octane match where no one gets knocked out or submitted. So look forward to the the decision career of the Mighty Mouse Johnson. And I'm just not very excited about the fight. Okay. So you don't think Faber and McDonald will be a good fight? I, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, like I think there are definitely Uriah some people Faber on fight, here that will be fine. Agreed. And, and uh, Joe Lazon versus Mac Danzig, great. Those are four fine fights, I and it's free. Really bad. It is free. So yeah. it's not like I have a ton to – don't let me complain about that. I just think they could have added some juice. It's not going – yeah, of course I'm excited about the fights. You're making fair points. Why do you I'm keep just, saying juice? It's I, that's just a good question. so weird. Feeling the juice. <laughs> Take that. And that's – Hey, we got Chris Lieben on the podcast tonight, so please stick around. Don't <laughs> let me like scare you off. Seventies like at the <laughs> producer seven minute mark. That's just like kids. Let me tell you about the juice. <laughs> Chris Lieben, yep, that's what that kid's got. I know it's what it's like because I tell you how it is. The juice. <laughs> that's, is that the end of that segment? <laughs> there might have been an earthquake in Australia, or. King of the Segway Alert, Raph. It was mm. just Mark Hunt and Antonio Silva fighting out there in Brisbane. I, wait, that's not an Australian accent. Do an Australian accent. Say Brisbane. I'm not a monkey. You have to do it. Do oh, something for a change. F- fuck you. You if it, if any other person that you just jumped right into an Aussie accent. Uh, Mark Hunt and Antonio Silva. The result is a draw. 
the winner is the crowd. Because whenever you get to see two giant men beating each other senselessly, you win. What did you think of this fight? I thought it was a great fight. Um, I thought it was exciting. I thought that normally at that point in a heavyweight fight, when you get to around the third round, uh, they get a little, a little sloppy, of course, but they get just really unexciting sloppy. This had people yelling in the fourth round, especially in the fifth round. If you weren't yelling and excited about how they were still fighting and standing up in that fifth round, I just I don't know what more you can do. Yeah, that fifth round really marks the end of sanity for anyone like you could just see that extra gear it takes to be a professional in mm-hmm. the UFC. You could really see it on display. And first of all, how fucking big are these people? But the first three rounds of this fight were fun, high octane. And then, yes, they, uh, it did get, can I ask you this? And I, it was a mm-hmm. great fight too, though. The last two rounds, was it also a little bit lacking in athleticism? Mm-hmm. Raph. I, I'm waiting for you to finish this thought. Go right ahead. No, I'm saying they – it looked like two whales, I don't know, hitting the beach for the first time. Like they just didn't appear – they were exhausted. They were punching at nothing. At one point, Antonio Silva, who is a black belt in Brazilian mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu, they make that point every four point half a second he's fighting. I think it's like their way of saying, no, really, he's more limber than he looks. He was mounting Mark Hunt and just didn't even have the energy to punch him any more than like once per 20 seconds. Are we really ready Kevin, to call this like the fight of the century because these two guys ran out of gas halfway through the third? Kevin, I think the hard part for you is you're a fraction of these men's weights. And you would be gassed. In round two. Okay. I think it's an unfair comparison when you have these two people, and I always judge this because I'd be gassed I don't about think... 30 seconds before Bruce Buffer got done introducing me, but I'm with you. Fair enough. <laughs> because you're you're very much into the introduction. and I do uh, the, love that moment. That's my favorite part. Yeah. You would lose all of your breath just running out to the octagon. Climbing down that goddamn ladder you had set up that I told you was too high. I was never going to be able to swing from it. And I said, how are you going to reach for the stars without the ladder, Kevin? Come on. But I think the the hard part is this. I always judge uh, fights, and I, I always have an extra special moment in any kind of, uh, you know, a fight scenario like this where people are performing beyond their capabilities. Now, these two people are, are good strikers but are clearly – not holding anything back. So when they miss a shot, they whiff, and it's bad. But when they're connecting, you're looking at the other person in this fight and saying, how are you still standing? And they're still exchanging. So they go beyond, I think, that kind of limitness that you're talking about, two beached whales fighting. It's still exciting and captivating because here are two people who really aren't great athletes per se in what one would call, I guess, a traditional sense. But, man, did they put on a great fight. Yeah, I guess. uh, And 
it was it was a badass fight. Like uh, it was just fun to watch. For all the complaints I have about, um, well, you know, now that I'm saying it out loud, I am pretty fucking picky. Because all the complaints I have about the one thirty fivers, this is like the exact opposite. Like I cannot be fucking leave. Both of them survived those last two rounds. Mm-hmm. Like they both got punched so many. Mark Hunt's hair was blonde when the fight started. Ariel Hawani said that his hair turned uh, Ric Flair red, <laughs> and it was the most accurate description I think I, I heard all night. I mean, it was it was the color of Kool Aid. Was that that you called it? Yeah, it was pretty. It was up there. Like it was just fire red. But at the same point, like when they're staggering around, and they're still throwing these haymakers. It doesn't look pretty, but man, you just you have to respect it. And I I always tend to get a little cautious when people say best ever or uh greatest or there those are weird phrases that I always think cause some caution. But Dana White and and several others were very quick to call it the greatest heavyweight fight ever. Ooh. And uh I, I guess I, that's what I'm reacting to a little bit as well. I guess we could again. Th- I always have that hesitation, but I think it is definitely a legendary fight. Like I think it's one of those fights that you look back on and you go, "How did any of that happen? Who expected that? First of all, how did we even get past that point? Did, did you at all, when this fight card was coming up, go, "Yeah, that's a fight I gotta see." No, first of all. And second of all, if I, I don't think I'm alone. If you had been like, hey, Antonio Silva is just going to go toe-to-toe punch Bigfoot, which is his mm. nickname both, and I think that might just be what people call him. He's right. going to go toe-to-toe exchanging with Mark Hunt, and then Mark Hunt's going to actually get the better of Bigfoot on the ground, and neither fighter's going to win. I would have smacked you in the face and been like, stop wasting my time. Shut up. That's crazy. So I think that might also think, be part of the appeal here. I think the best part for me is I was trying to equate in money how much I would have paid to have seen that fight, and it kept getting really worse the more I was talking to people. Because <laughs> I go, okay, million dollars. Well, guys, okay, but seriously, if you had come up and said, Raph, you have to pay me $5 to watch this fight, I'd go, uh, is it going to replay later? <laughs> for free because I could watch it then too With and they're five. like no you'd have to pay five dollars to go but five dollars is really steep oh but then it's on free TV yeah I'm there oh wait it yeah. was a great fight everybody wins agreed we all win we also win because we got to see Mauricio Shogun Rua knock out the Tehoons. He shot the shades. Wait, I think we both made choices here. You went Tehoons, <laughs> and obviously my James Brown, he's back, was the right choice. But yes, <laughs> he's. I just loved hearing that. You got the <laughs> MMA coverage is so new that they yeah. overreact to everything, and you got a lot of <laughs> is Shogun back, and it's like he just got submitted by Chael Sonnen. No, he's not yes. back yet. But is he back? Yes, he is back. Had they he said it like James bitch. Brown, I would have definitely liked it more. Hey, wow. what do you think this means for Tehuna? Did we see, is he already on the cut list, or are they going to let him come back for another 27 seconds? He is not back. <laughs> he is not back. He's the opposite of what Shogun is. 
He is not back. Uh, fun He's fight. What did you think of Vader Paroche? Because I heard a lot of people touting it. They were like, oh, yeah, Paroche standing there with Vader the entire time. It's like, well, doesn't everyone stand there with Vader the entire time? I thought this was a no-win situation. I thought uh, it was a pretty boring pretty, fight. But... It was. It was. And it's because Vader is a weird fighter. I don't know that we always see him at his best, and he is fighting high-caliber people, so that's always something to denote. Plus, he's um, fighting every other card. He has fought, I, mean, I feel like he's, he's fought on every card this year. He's like, Brazil? Sure. sure. Australia? <laughs> yeah, I'll go. <laughs> Maybe he's just trying to rack up his frequent flyer miles. But I know that with with Bader, I thought this match didn't make any sense because here you have a dude who's 40, and we've seen fighters who are 40 the fight competitively, but there was maybe two seconds into this fight that you saw Ryan Bader uh, start to punch him. And you just realized the difference between the striking speed of Bader and the reactive speed of Perouche. And you go, this is not a fun contest to watch. Perouche is a great black belt, but he's getting out-wrestled and just held down and taking shots. And You're when they're ready? standing up... Then it's just it's no one wants to see this timing. It's terrible. You ready for the stats? What do you think the total strikes? I'll give you a guess. What do you think the total strikes was for Bader to Baroche? Uh, did he set a new record? I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't say if it's a record, but it's up there. Okay. Um, let's say it's over a hundred. So let's yes. say one forty. Not bad. 156. Yes. Two. Uh, 20. 11. Oh, shit. 156 to 11. And the significant strikes, it's 70 to (laughs) 9. 70 to (laughs) 9 is great. Kevin, let's just say this right here and right now. If we were ever in a fight and I got... (laughs) Nine strikes to your 79. <laughs> it would be a rough day in the office the next day, I think. Yeah. Yeah, you would have to rethink some training strategies. Pat Barry, it's just Pat, loses to Soa Paye, KOTKO. That was a nice big strike, but that's not yep. the fight I want to talk about here. Okay. We need to have an intervention with people from the ultimate fighter house. All right. Go right. It says, we know you're excited that you were in the ultimate fighter with the guy that you just beat, but you need to resist the urge to hug him violently and cry while holding each other's hands up. Are you with me on this? Um, as someone who doesn't really cry while holding their friend's hands a lot. Yeah. Yes, I would I would say this is definitely one of those times. I don't know what to think because can we explore the fact that someone's shoulder went out? Yeah, I mean I guess we can. I it didn't seem to have much Clint Hester was going to win this fight. And do you think it made a big difference? Um I was hoping I mean, the one thing that Dylan has always had for him, and I, I really like Dylan. Uh, I think that he's oh, yeah. 
always this giant underdog who I don't know why, but you always find yourself rooting for no matter what when these odds are against him. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I naturally feel like, man, I hope he wins. Oh, this isn't good. Yeah, he's got him on the ground. This is perfect. We've learned on the Ultimate Fighter. This is not Clint's forte. Uh oh. Yeah, they're striking. Yeah, this isn't going to go well for him. And <laughs> then you know he he separates his shoulder, and then I'm all bummed out because you see him starting to cry, and I realize I go, I don't know if he's crying because his shoulder hurts. Which I don't think I it was get. because of the shoulder. Maybe. But then I remembered the amount of times he was shown his kids in photo form from the ultimate fighter season. I said, Oh no, he's, he's having the ultimate fighter emotions. I don't know what he to is. do here. And I'm just going to stare at the ground for a little they while. They walked around That's like a... it also wasn't the finale. So it was hard to tell why they were so excited. You had to have watched tough 17 to get it. But in any event, fun to see these guys fighting now, like just a fun fight though. And I think um, both are going to be welcome back in the UFC for quite a while. Oh, I mean, rest up, uh, Dylan. I, I think he'll be back, and he's always fun to watch. I don't know that I really liked his style matchup against uh, Clint. That just seemed like something you draw out of a hat and you go, oh, I'm fighting who? Uh, okay. Uh, no, I would like to see – I just want to see Hester get some jujitsu game. Uh, I think that's a tall game. order. I don't know that he – he cares for it. I, I would yeah. love to. I think even if you just gave him a solid wrestling base, uh, uh, who who can say? Maybe he's he's been working on that. I thought he he was, but um, let's let's also talk about the fact that they're also in the spirit of uh, season seventeen Ultimate Fighter, who are now battling each other. Uh, yeah. Tor Strong is going to be taking on our pal Bubba McDaniel. Stokes. I'm just stoked we get to see uh, Bubba fight again. It's going to be badass. Yep. And he's yeah, fighting on the John Jones, uh, uh, John Jones uh, Teixeira fight card. Is that the John Jones Teixeira card? Mm-hmm. I did not see that. Mm-hmm. That's even better. It's always yep. fun when he gets to fight on the same cards of a teammate. You hear guys talk about that. I think it makes a difference. Yep. Final fight. I'm curious on your thoughts on I missed it because I was getting condescendingly explained little black dress night. At Hard Times Cafe. Uh, but at least they were carrying the fights. And a whole host That's of good. super girly, stupid drinks. If anyone's in the Fairfax area on Fridays and Saturdays, want to stop by Little Black Dress Night. Do you remember when we were excited that we were going to shout them out because they actually had the fights on? Oh, yeah. Hard Times <clears throat> Cafe. You can watch the fights there. With... It's a lot of fun. Julie Kedzie takes on Bethy Korea. Yeah. It was a cool fight. Um, I High octane really, what it looked like. Yeah. It, it was a very cool clash of uh, uh, aggression and fucking just awesome pushing back. I don't know. I, it, it was hard for me to say because I think in retrospect when you're talking about it now and you know that Julie was retiring no matter what the outcome of it was – uh, you almost would have liked to see it depress just a little bit more to secure a win. But I don't know if you got to hear this, but man, was Greg Jackson in rare form. Oh, yeah? Oh, God. I almost kept the uh, the whole fight card on my DVR just for him talking to her. Because he just comes out like, you know, carefree Greg Jackson. is just like, oh, wow. 
wow, you're doing great. And I'm like, she had a competitive round, but okay. <laughs> Tell her what you want. And he was just, I don't know. He was, he was that weird rage captain that both Condit and Tim Kennedy were talking about that you go, oh, this is his rage captaining. The Interesting play. Mm. Well, I like that they're incorporating. Uh, I had quite a few friends who were like, "Oh, I didn't know girls were like fighting on the cards down." It's like, yes, watch. Yeah, you should be <laughs> there. It's a ton of fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> have you, you be been watching. living under a message? <laughs> Where the give <laughs> you been? You, <laughs> you only some kind of watcher timers. So That's... we thought we'd head on a more somber note. Because <laughs> that's of, how we plan out our beats. Because that's how we plan out. <laughs> we like to flow in and out. One of the BJJ community members, and you would know him from the Fast Serious series, one of my favorite mm-hmm. actors, at least for the uh, guy movies. He's kind mm-hmm. of been that blonde. Plus, you know, he's been paving the way for me, Raf. As the uh, good-looking blonde guys trying to get in, <laughs> not based off of necessarily acting, just kind of mean mugging the camera. Paul Walker passed away, and I'm just gonna really miss him putting out movies. He had the he had like a much less douchier Keanu Reeves run, but he was also a brown belt in jujitsu and was you were telling me just awarded his black belt, which is really cool. Yes, uh, I think his father was awarded his black belt today, actually. So that, that's a great touch, and you always like hearing those stories. Um, I don't. I mean, this story it bums you out because I think the difference is there's never a moment, and this is where we differ, where I said, man, Paul Walker. Now that's an actor. Yeah. Wait, Paul Walker. There's a... Dude whose movies I've seen. Uh, that doesn't sound right either. <laughs> good guy. Yeah, good guy. And so I, I think it's tricky because the Fast and Furious franchise is something that a lot of MMA folks really, really uh, have a passion for. And you didn't really see it until you saw all of the people going and paying tribute. <clears throat> and I think this is what we talked about off air for us is – the thing that really bums you out is you do find all the nice things that he was doing for people behind the scenes. But uh, for us, we don't have a lot of great jiu-jitsu ambassadors. So when you get someone who's super quiet but was really beloved in the jiu-jitsu community, uh, it sucks. It's it's one of those things where you look at other people who do it in a, a casual level who just go, yeah, I'm doing this new movie and I'm learning some jiu-jitsu. And, uh, you know, it really requires that. I just love jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff. You know, it's like I get in there and I train for like 20 minutes and I'm like, whoa, this is great. And you come to find out all the great things that people are saying about Paul Walker and his jiu-jitsu game. And if you get a chance, look up uh, some of his videos. I think there's one that he put up of uh, just his his ground game. And it was cool to watch. But it's just like, damn it, <laughs> you know? I know. Ah, that nature. It can be a real bitch. So, as I mentioned earlier, we just wanted to say that, offer our verbal tap condolences. Um, My personal favorite is in Fast Five when they drag that safe... Spoiler alert. 
they drag that safe through Brazil and do like 200k mm-hmm. worth of damage per street. Oh my god, I love that fucking scene. <laughs> it's a really good uh, jiu-jitsu thing too, because you know a lot of people from the jiu-jitsu world that live in Rio were like, what the fuck are they doing to the city? Is that like a thing? Is this I'll do you one better. You do? My favorite is that in one of the Fast and the Furious movies, he's actually attempting an armbar on Vin Diesel. Oh, that's that's an insider tip. That's yep. solid stuff. So and as we know, that was he probably helped with that choreography. I'm sure he was just kind of like Vin Diesel probably came into the scene and was just like, yeah, my, where's my armbar here? Okay, I'm going <laughs> to do this, and then I'm going to throw you like that. I don't have breakable joints. I, I live my I live my life one quarter mile at a time. See, this is the sad part. Now everybody's just I, I have to make fun of Vin Diesel. Well, I have hold nothing. On one le- second. Hold Why? on one second. Because uh, I'm gonna interrupt you and your amazing Vin Diesel impressions, and we're going to go to a pre-recorded interview with GSP about his upcoming press conference. Here is that interview. Verbal Tap, we have an exclusive. Before he does his announcement, we were able to get GSP on the line now to talk about his press conference that's about the future. It's also in the future, and I know how confusing that all is, but GSP, what's going on? Ole, 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 ole. GSP, ole. Hi. Hi. GSP, and thank you Oh, for... sound more excited to talk to me, why don't I'm you? I'm so excited to talk to you. You know there you're we... my favorite. There's no almost 170-pound champ I value quite like you. Hi, <laughs> tell that to Carlos Conte, okay. <laughs> oh, GSP you saucy needs... bitch. GSP hears lots of things. What's going on with this press conference you're having about your future? Tell us, uh, give us a little hint. What's it about? Ah, Phillips, Kevin, so many things to tell you about, but let me tell you, okay. I'm going to hold press conference right now. Yeah, you hold it. Are What's you, up? Are you ready for press conference with GSP? Super ready. All right. Be very quiet. Okay. What if GSP were to tell you he can see the future? Wait for it. GSP is now not going to talk about his future in fighting, but instead is opening up his own psychic hotline. I Are you serious right now? Is this just a little very much. stabbing at me for making a few you didn't really win the fight jokes? Well, <laughs> can, can you GSP actually... cares not for your opinion, Philip Skip. <laughs> can you actually see into the future or are you just trying to make money? Oh, no, I, I can very much see into the future. I've been hit so many times in the head. I say, oh, my God, I can see into the future. Would you like to hear one future? Definitely. Yeah. I will, I will tell you five things that will happen in the future. What? Okay. Number one, Matt Brown will not fight Carlos Gandhi. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. But we already knew that. Like, that happened this week. Oh, uh, no. GSP, pretty sure breaking news. <laughs> well, I guess okay. You heard it here first from. Uh, Actually, number from two, GSP. GSP proclaims 
that Chris Oldworth and Julia Pena will win the Ultimate Fighter. Well, now I think you're just reading down our show list and saying the names you see. Those were all guests on the last show. Oh, now you so big time. You don't even need GSP. You don't call him no more. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Of course we still want you okay. to call in. I'm just making the point I don't think you're – I don't think you can see the future. Fact number three. Oh, God. The Sound of Music will premiere to 18 million people. For fuck's sake. Well, that can't be true. I know for a fact no one watched it. Eight. 18.6 million people. Jesus. The you know, hills you are great alive in that. <laughs> with the sound of GSP. <laughs> I'm already uh, I, entertained. So. Are you entertained? I, GSP chuckle a little bit at that one, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, next yeah, major thing. Frozen will top. Catching fire. The Hunger Games. What the fuck are you talking about? At the box office, you don't see movies? Uh, <laughs> I know, I see them. I get what you're saying now. Oh, um, just be so ahead of the time. Okay, final so prediction. So ahead of the time. If you know seeing Frozen, I tell you, it's about a princess. You know who it remind me of? Who? Matt Sarah. Okay, oh, moving on. Oh, yeah, you still got it. That's right, GSP is still number one. <laughs> uh, final prediction. For the future. Mm-hmm. You listening? Yeah. Phillips Tim. Kevin? Yeah. You will still never be funny. <laughs> oh, you're... GSP. GSP killing it. Jesus. He is dropping the GSP. mic. GSP. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, GSP. Until, until next time. Hashtag GSP. From... Hashtag the hills are alive with GSP. <laughs> Hashtag next to Rhino Hashtag. Mayor. GSP finish the outro. GSP. GSP. Hey all, this is just a reminder. We've got Chris Lieben coming up. But before that, if you're listening on iTunes, don't forget to uh, give us a little five-star review. Tell a friend. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Verbal Tap fans, this is a big moment for really any true MMA nerd. Um, anyone that's been following the sport long enough. Our guest tonight, Chris the Crippler Lieben, who fought back in November 9th, 2002, Chris. That's what I'm seeing. Your submission guillotine choke win over Bryce Hamilton. Is oh, your, yeah. <laughs> is, that's your first pro fight, right? Um... Might be, probably. I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> there are so many damn ones before that. Chris, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, tired, long day of training, but, you know, can't complain. I'm, I'm healthy and the weight's looking good. Everything's going well. That's awesome. And for those listening, you can see Chris fight at the... I mean, this UFC event is just going to be ridiculous, which is part of why Chris is on it. You always deliver. But you're fighting Uriah Hall on December 28th at UFC 168. Yeah, yeah. Big show. It's the end of the year card, and that's, you know, that that kind of seems like they've been trying to make that the biggest card of the year, I guess. I don't know. Bring, bring in the new year with a bang. and So it's definitely an honor to be on the card. I'm stoked. I mean, I, oh. I miss the holidays, but, you know, can't, can't really complain. I'll take the check instead. 
<laughs> That's a good uh, good thing uh, to mention to Santa, I think. Uh, you know, Chris, when talking about it, what is it that intrigues you about fighting Uriah Hall so much? Uh, well... You know, because Joe told me that's who I was going to fight. I mean, that's, that's definitely <laughs> part of it. <laughs> but um, definitely, you know, if, you know, styles make fights, and kind of the way I'm looking at this fight is, is me and Uriah are polar opposites, you know, where, you know, where, where I'm a vet and I've been in the sport for a long time. You know, he, he, he maybe hasn't been in the sport as long as me, but he's definitely an athlete. He's very explosive, and he can do some pretty – some pretty uh, tricky, amazing things, you know, where, where I'm more of a, uh, you know, you know, b- potatoes and steak fighter, you know, he does, he does the fancy stuff. I mean, we're just dead opposites the way we fight. So it's going to be really interesting to see, to see how it works out. Now, and what is, it's important ahead, to note here, Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to give you some advice and there's no reason I should be. I have zero experience <laughs> fighting inside <laughs> a cage. <laughs> But dare I say, Uriah Hall, you can get in his head. That's the one thing we definitely know. So I think you should just yeah. have a plan of attack to scare the shit out of him, and I think you'll win I, before you ever step in. You, you know what? I, you know, for somebody that's never been in the cage, I think I, I have to agree with you on that one. You know, that's definitely <laughs> uh, definitely part of our game plan is to come in in really, really good shape and be able to know that, hey, I can push this fight for 15 minutes and, and take it wherever I want to take it, you know, and hopefully we drag Uriah out in the deep water and then he sinks. <laughs> now, what was, been, you know, did you saw his season, I, I'm assuming, uh, probably if not, you know, for prep, but before, were you watching his season actively? Uh, nope, no. No. Yeah, uh, you oh. know, I hate to admit it, but uh, I'm probably the world's worst fan of sports. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm always so busy now that I'm out here in California, I'm training twice a day, every single, you know, six days a week. So usually the last thing I want to do is watch, watch the UFC or watch the ultimate fighter. Really the only time I watch is, is if one of my friends is fighting, then, then I'll sit down and watch. But other than that, believe it or not, not just, you know, I'm, I'm too busy doing it. Don't, don't really have enough time to watch it, especially the ultimate fighter. I mean, I know a lot of people love it. And and I was on the show, but you know I don't have time for more drama. I got plenty enough drama in my life. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably a good way of looking at it. I'll I'll fill you in. You didn't miss much. Uh, mostly he kicked a lot of people, and there was yeah. a lot of first person testimonials about him talking about how he didn't believe in himself despite the fact that he was kicking people in the face. That'll pretty much save you about twelve hours of your time. Yeah, that there was actually go. really Thank good, you. Raf. That was, uh, that was really cool. Yeah, you know, since I've gone back and I and I've watched his footage and, and definitely he's one of those fighters where he can really shine. Or, you know, if things aren't really going his way, he kinda backs off the throttle and, you know, just kinda happy to go out there and more or less spar. So It was very disappointing to see the transition. Uh I think he just looked a lot off of his game plan the last couple times that he's fought. Um, you know, is that something that you've taken into consideration? Uh, or, you know, what is it that you're looking at that he is bringing to the table just from, you know, well, especially since you haven't seen him on the ultimate fighter? Well, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I know that when he comes out to fight me, he's going to be in the best shape of his life and he's going to, and he's going to be ready to go. I know that, you know, both of us are kind of in a position where, you know, we really need to win. So, 
So I expect the, the best Uriah Hall that, I, that anybody's ever seen. But but having said that, I think you know it, it's it's pretty obvious. You know, hopefully, you know I can I can get on the inside. I can take him down. I can put pressure on him. Get him get him slow down. Get him a little winded, and then uh, you know slowly but surely steal the fight. Hmm. So I have to ask, and and we're gonna definitely talk more about Uriah Hall. But this is this is sort of my MMA nerd side. What, in your opinion, has changed the most about the way you approach fights? Um, you know, that's interesting. I, I think now, obviously, you know, having having coached so much and having been in the sport for so long, I definitely think a lot more, you know, and, and I don't necessarily know if that's a good thing or not. Honestly, I think I won a lot of fights, you know, in my youth just because, I went out there and fought, and I would fight wherever the fight took me, you know, punching and striking through my transitions, mixing takedowns and strikes, working Absolutely. on the cage, working off the cage. And I think the last couple fights, uh, you know, I've been thinking a little bit too much, you know, so it, it, mm-hmm. it's a change, but I don't even know if it's for the better. So that's why this way, you know, there's been some changes in my camp and some changes in my game plan. I definitely, you know, am looking to go out and 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 flow with the fight wherever it goes. Very cool. And as you're approaching it, and I'll say that. So I told the guys I was at a jujitsu tonight, and I mentioned we were interviewing Chris Lee, and everyone was like, "Oh hell yeah, that's cool." And I think you just hearkened it. You're sort of a fighter's fighter in the sport. Like everybody uh, that's been around that does one of the mediums seems to really like you, and I think it's because of that old school brawler mentality. Pretty much whenever you'd fight, and I actually haven't haven't noticed this change in your game. You're mentioning that you're more cerebral. I still see sort of that uh, that wild person that just kind of forces the action. So that would be a well, blast to see at UFC 168. Yeah, and and you know more more or less that's the plan. I'm kind of looking at it as I want to go out there and and have it be a, a controlled explosion. In other sure. words, I, I have I have my game plan. I've got I've got the combinations that I'm going to work. You know the setups, everything else. But other than that, I'm just going to go out there and fight. I mean, you know, I did an interview with 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 Trig today, and he's telling me, well, you know, how do you feel? Don't you feel like your back's on the wall? Da da da. And you know, the answer is, well, yeah, I do. But what do you do about it? I mean, when you're in my situation, there's nothing you can do except for you know, prepare as much as possible. When I'm in the gym, pay attention as much as possible. Work as hard as possible. You know, make sure I'm nailing my diet. I'm getting my rest. And once I do all those things, I really, I, I really can't worry about it after that. I know that, you know, come Saturday night, I just need to go out there, pull the trigger, and fight the way that I know that I can fight. I think that's a way, way succinct answer. Um, maybe you're just a better human being than I am, uh, because I feel like the real answer should have been to Trig. Uh, how's it looking from the sidelines? <laughs> uh, but we kid, we love the Trig. Yeah. I uh, might have thought a little. I might have thought that one a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's okay to say that. It's okay. Uh, but you know, uh, Chris, the the thing that's always interesting. You mentioned controlled explosion. And I think that's such a nice contrast to your style. You know, Kevin touched on this a little bit more, but, you know, how do you see that your game, I guess, has evolved, you know, like, as compared um, to how MMA has evolved? 
Well, the sport, for one, has has evolved immensely. I mean, it's amazing. I was having a conversation the other day, and we were talking about, you know, who the champs were five years ago versus who the champs were ten years ago. And, and I mean, if you look at the guys that were champs ten years ago, they're they're not even you know, middle, middle run nowadays of, of, you know, your average UFC fighter. So the sport obviously has evolved, you know, hugely. And I think a big, one of the big things I think is now we're getting guys like Uriah Hall. We're getting these guys that are like real athletes and probably could have played a real sport if they would have set their mind to it. Now they're actually getting into, you know, the mixed martial arts field. As far as me, how have I evolved? You know, the biggest step was was making the move from Hawaii. As much as I love Hawaii, I love my coaches and training partners out there. Um, just nothing compares to my new gym alliance. You know, when when I'm training with guys like Phil Davis, you know, when I'm training with him every single day, you know, when I'm getting coached on my footwork by Dominic Cruz. I mean, you're just, you know, if iron sharpens iron. Just that move alone to Alliance has just, you know, shot my game through the roof. Hmm. That's awesome. Is it just the uh, is it just the caliber of people you get to train with on a daily basis, or is it just the, I mean, the whole approach? The, you know, the coaches are fantastic. Um, every every day when I show up to Alliance, I know that I'm going to be challenged. I know I'm going to be grappling with guys that, that can submit me. You know, guys that have faster, better hands than me, and. uh you know, also watching the way the other pros train, you know, and live their lives at Alliance, you know, is a, is a huge uh, motivation for me, too, because everybody that's out here eats, breathes, and sleeps training and winning. And, you know, that's just a huge difference than when, than when I'm in Hawaii. I'm kind of the uh, the lone ranger in the UFC I got to bring out my training partners, and when I'm training at my gym, you know I'm the best guy, and I beat everybody. So it was, it's definitely a blow to my ego, but as far as my game goes, and as far as my performance on Saturday night, I think it's going to be a huge benefit. You know, I kind of feel like my last fight, I was still getting used to the transition, and I wasn't really fully uh, evolved into the way that they run their program out here at Alliance. And now since then, I've been, I've been back in the gym since my last fight. I went, I went right back in the gym after, after that, that last fight. So I've had quite a good amount of time to really evolve and adapt into the, to the way they run the program out here. And I think it's going to, going to pay off huge. We keep hearing that. It seems like gone are the days of the fight camp. That the uh, the professional mixed martial artists now, and you see this even in jujitsu and grappling. It seems like people just don't take breaks anymore. It's like maybe a no. week here and there, but everybody's just training no. all the time. There's no there's no time for it. I mean, as fast as the sport is evolving, as soon as you sit on the sidelines for a little bit, it's it's passed you up and moved on. It's a little terrifying, but I, <laughs> I hear you. <yeah. laughs> I just it's like great the for idea the fans that... because I mean we're seeing higher and higher caliber matchups every day, and you know some of that is good, some of that is bad. Also, now we see a lot more guys going out and fighting to not lose as opposed sure. to going out and fighting to win. You know, which is another side of that coin that's you know probably not so great, but uh, you know definitely um, seeing higher, higher and higher caliber fights every UFC. I mean, you know, nobody's going to accuse you of you know, going out there and just coasting 
that I think has been some of the more impressive things. And one of the things I have noticed I could about your evolution, I think it would make for great radio. Yeah, that's true. You could <laughs> you could be a dick and just totally make our our guests feel like shit. Um, but I guess the idea is, you know, when you're looking at all this stuff, you know, uh, what is it that is now, you know, like what is it that you think that you loan the game that you think that some of the people aren't really doing? Um, because I have found that you know your chin has just been so great, man. Uh, you know, you're in those fights at times, you know, yeah. I was there for your last two fights in the crowd where I said, well, I would have been knocked out about five times here. Yeah. So I'm not quite yeah, sure he, how he's still going. And, you know, you wouldn't believe how many people come up to me on the street and go, oh, Chris Levin. Oh, my God. I don't know how you do it. You just get hit in the face over and over and over <laughs> again. And you don't fall down. It's so amazing, you know, and they think they're giving me a compliment. And I got and I always go, I go, well, you know, thanks. You know, I, I'm trying to be the guy that dodges a couple of them, but, sure. you know, I, I guess thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You know, but, but, but having said that, you know, those days are gone. The days of uh, being a tough guy and going out and winning, the, the, those days are gone. You know, now, you know, we've got the real athletes and we've got guys that can go, go out, fight 15 minutes without ever taking any real damage. And do you see this as you're as you're preparing for the fights? Do you have specific people that are working to mimic the exact things Uriah Hall's doing? Um, like yes. so much so that you're you're even watching film. Yes, yeah, I watch a little bit. My coaches watch a lot more than me, and and then also we have a couple guys that are coming in and you know throwing spinning kicks and doing all the Uriah Hall fancy stuff. So you know. I got to get used to defending against it. On that that I mean, said, you should work on a spinning kick, just because <laughs> if the time permitted, can you imagine the fucking headline that be, the next day? That'd be great. <laughs> yes. uh, uh, uh. Chris Lehman spinning yeah. back kicks Uriah Hall yeah. might be, be like a top when, five. Maybe like ever. when Crow Cop got knocked out with a high kick. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Yeah, that would. Uh, you know what? I've actually been practicing it a little bit and trying it just because guys are throwing it at me so much that you know you get used to defending it and then you try it and and I'm absolutely terrible at it. <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to happen come fight night. That's for sure. Hey, we're not going to rule it out. We're going to let the no. adrenaline dictate. <laughs> never. You never know. <laughs> we would just like to reiterate. You do, do have to look in the camera and point and say verbal tap. Like, yeah. even if it doesn't get picked up, you have to, like, <laughs> give us the credit for that one. Uh, you know what? If if I do that, I will definitely look in the camera and say verbal tap. Chris's coaches are going to listen to this and be like, you're never going on that fucking <laughs> podcast ever again. Just so you know, it's never <laughs> happening. <laughs> what did those idiots tell you? A spinning what? What the fuck is wrong with them? Uh, You've bounced around weight classes a lot. Do you still contemplate bouncing around, or are you sticking at 185 for a while? Uh, well, I never really bounced around. Um, definitely the thought had crossed my mind to go down to uh, to 170 before, and I may have mentioned that to a few people, but really it's it's just not possible. Usually sure. it's it's the day after my fight when I'm only weighing about 200 pounds, and I go – you know what, I think I can make 170, and then, you know, a month later, I'm, I'm back up to 220, and I'm going, yeah, there's just no way. 
you know, but it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm relatively short for my weight division. I mean, I'm five eleven and a half. And nowadays, you know, all the guys in the middle weight division are, six, are six, three, four. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. I, re- I remember, you know, just, you know, four or five years ago, I was an average height middleweight. Now, it seems like out of my last 10 opponents, maybe one of them has been shorter than me. You'd be average height for like bantam weight, damn near now. I know. It's so crazy, right? Huge. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> so. Sticking at 185, and are Sticking you? Away. Yes. Did you see it all? Because you're one of the few people that uh, would actually be able to provide some good insight. Did you see the first Weidman Weidman Silva fight? Um, you know what? I actually didn't see it. Um, as soon as my fight, I was there. You know, I was fighting on that card, but yeah, yeah. as soon as my as soon as my fight was over, I was in the car leaving Las Vegas. And you were out the door. You don't even stick around for the uh, after party anymore. That's it. No, not anymore. Kevin, I, I just grab, I grab my fact? check and I get the hell out of there. <laughs> Kevin, did you not pick up <laughs> the fact he, he says he got right back to the gym? This is a yeah, consistent he thing took that's happening. Yeah. After that fight, yeah, I, was... I literally, I literally was in the car driving an hour after my fight was over. I mean, thing about Vegas. I love Vegas, but I also hate Vegas. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, you've been to Vegas it's a, a lot. It's a, it's a love-hate thing, and, and just right now with where I'm at, um, Vegas after a fight is, is leaves for nothing productive. That's sure. for sure. <laughs> sure. Those are wise words. Somebody should print that on a, a T-shirt. I know. If, if you were to be smart, you could make a lot of money off of that. So let's trademark that right here and right now. <laughs> It's a verbal tap exclusive. Okay, so getting back to the Uriah Hall fight, what do you envision? How do you envision a win? Do you see this going? Uh, you're going to try and grind him out, sort of as a as a second well, round. Well, yeah, or... I mean, without without giving away my game plan, absolutely. Um, I, I de- I'm definitely, you know, you train for the worst, you hope for the best. But you know, I'm definitely planning for the fight to go 15 minutes. You know, and my goal is is to continue to press press the pace in, in in all realms of the fight, whether whether we're striking, whether we're we're in the clinch on the cage, or whether we're on the ground. You know, and I, I've definitely been training for that. Now, having said that, it's pretty obvious that, you know, he's gonna have a longer range than me and he's gonna definitely be tricky on the outside. So I mean it's pretty it's pretty obvious that, you know, I'm gonna need to be in his if we're striking, I'm gonna need to be in his face. So so I've been working things to close the distance and, and, and work my striking on the inside. Sweet. That's uh, that's uh, some good stuff. Now, Chris, we, we do have a set of rapid-fire questions we want to throw your way. It's a segment we have called Quick Questions. I don't think my brain is working fast enough right now. <laughs> I, yeah, even you better guys for, me for... The day, man. I, I just did my sprints and came home and had dinner, and now I'm like, whoa, so tired. Oh, don't worry. This is when but the best answers happen. Let's do it. There, there might be a small delay, but let's do it. All right. I like it. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, what is the best part of San Diego? Um, having everything there. Everything. There's so much more going on and everything's so much more accessible as opposed to Hawaii. Great. Uh, now, the Crippler is a great nickname. No one wants you to change it. But if you could jack one person's nickname, who would it be and why? Uh, you know, I always like the cat smasher. That that that's my old one, so I'd be stealing it for myself. But you know, I always like that probably even better than the crippler. 
But, you know, the UFC had to change that one. So, wait, let's review that. It was, did you say blank smasher? What is that? The, the cat smasher. So, you're smashing cats? Chris, the cat smasher, leaving, yeah. Man. It's a, it's a, it's a long story on the, on the first season. We got to, I think I got drunk do. and I was going, <laughs> uh, I smashed cats, da, 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 and then uh, Stephen Bonner started actually calling me the cat smasher after that one. So I mean, if, if you go if you go back when they when they announce me my first two or three fights in the UFC I'm actually the cat smasher. Man, w- the world yeah. has changed. It's been decades Fucking since YouTube. I've seen that, that, that also, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was actually was I love your ultimate. Ago. Your Ultimate Fighter it, it, year was the best. That yeah, first yeah. season was still the fucking best. Sorry. Keep going. Thank Rapid you. questions, Raf. Here we go. Uh, best advice for someone who's about to go on the Ultimate Fighter? Um, they're always recording. Watch what you say. Good advice. Is there a color of hair dye that you haven't touched? And if so, why? You know, red. red is pretty much my go-to. I mean... I've messed around with a couple others, but uh, it's funny, you know, I, I fought twice without dyeing my hair red. Maybe I dyed it black or something else, and literally I got hate mail afterward. Well, well, that's why you lost, because your hair wasn't red. So <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think I'm a solely red guy, and I'm going to be stuck with that uh, at least until I'm done fighting. I was about to say, I really hope that there's one day when you're, like, super old and somebody comes up to you and you're like, dude, I'm 80. You want red hair still? Seriously? Dude, it's, you know, it's funny because I get it all the time. It actually kind of works out great because so many people don't notice me. As soon as I dye my hair red, I literally can't walk down the street. Yeah. But the funny thing is the people that do recognize me, the first thing they say is, oh, I thought the hair would have been red. And I go, well, you know, believe it or not, it grows brown. I know it's crazy, but, you know. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is the final part. These are just word associations. We say a phrase or a name. You tell us the first thing that comes to mind. Here we go. Dana White. Boss. The Ultimate Fighter. History. My past. <laughs> Uriah Hall. Opponent. Verbal Tap Podcast. Uh, 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 uh. Crazy show. All right, we'll go with that. <laughs> we can we can print that somewhere. If uh, I'll uh, be printing, Chris Lieben called us crazy. That'll be I a great know. business card logo. <laughs> I think that would really add some street cred as we enter in. You started to hint at it, Chris, and uh, thank you very much, by the way, for playing our our, yes, our very immature games. And uh, we're just going to ask Chris one or two more questions because he has to get back to to training. You were saying you've sort of started to elevate your game in a modern way. You have all of your meals shipped to you now, right? They're prepared yeah, and sent yeah. to you. No, I do. It's just so much easier. You know, my, my wife is in law school now, so she has no oh, time awesome. to and prepare food. So actually, I reached out to this company. They're called Fresh and Lean. And what it is, it's all organic, all, you know, range-fed, fresh vegetables, and, I mean, all different kinds of food. And 
once a week, they drop the box off at my front door, and, you know, that that's what I eat for the week. So that way I know I'm eating healthy, I know I'm eating clean, and, you know, really, it's not too bad. That's pretty awesome. And you see this, uh, you know, fighters, again, we're talking about the evolution of the game. You see them taking care of themselves nutritionally yeah. constantly, which is such a cool... Is it shocking to you, to you to see how many people are into mixed martial arts in the UFC now? It really is. It's crazy. I mean, any big city, when you walk, there's probably 10 gyms in any big city. I was just talking to my brother last night, and I was telling him, you know, there's probably 10,000 people actively training in mixed martial arts in San Diego alone. I mean... You know, I remember when I first started, Team Quest was the only gym. And before that, there were, you know, if you lived in Oregon, there was nothing, you know. That, so, it's, and now, you know, you, it seems like you can't walk down the block without seeing a, a gym or, or, or a new gym that's that's popping up. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, you hear a lot of older fighters, or not even older fighters, just fighters in their late, that were doing it more than 10 years talk about how they would load up their belongings and head to Vegas. And that's what you did if you wanted to be a fighter. Yeah. You had to be somewhere, in, it sounds like Vegas, New York, maybe L.A., maybe Rio. Um, yeah. And now, like you said, they've got them in, you know, Portland. Pretty much any hometown anywhere has five or six gyms now, and it's it's kind of yeah. great. So, Crippler, we can see you fighting UFC 168 as he takes on a very – a new to the world Uriah Hall. So I, I do think that's a huge advantage. I, we know he's, it's going to be in his head that he's fighting Chris Levin. I mean, it already uh, is. Well, I, I hope so. I, it's definitely going to be an exciting fight. That's for sure. And you know, if styles make fights, me, me and Uriah are going to make one hell of a night. Because, that's no uh, shit. We're just, we're just polar opposites, you know, at the, at the way we do our job, you know, I, I'm even excited to uh, see how this fight plays out. Follow him on Twitter. Watch him fight. Cheer for this man. Chris, uh, Verbal Tap thanks you very much for stopping in this evening and talking to us. And we're going to love okay, getting you on. Thanks for having me, guys. Once you finish uh, the fight and you win, come on back onto the podcast. We'll talk about it. It'll be another good time. Hell yeah. Did you see that spinning back kick from Chris Lieben? It was the <laughs> Big interview with Chris Lieben. He's a pretty cool guy. You can hear, uh, he's just, I don't know. I like hearing his thoughts on the fight world. He's been around it so goddamn long. I just love that Chris Lieben is just so honest. <laughs> like, he's he's not trying to be a dick. He's not trying to to push anything. I, I like that there's a, a nice maturity to him as well. Um, and I'm glad that he's past that point in the ultimate fighter in his life. Because he's just like, dude, it's it's behind me. I'm a different person now. I love training in San Diego, and, you know, it, it's hard not to get excited when he fights. Agreed. He's never disappointed in the exciting factor. Stoked to see him fight on the 14th. This has been one fun episode, and it's time for shout-outs. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly, where we are. It's the holidays, and it's nice to have mm-hmm. a, a crew to get through that with, health-wise, fighting-wise. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It keeps those extra pounds off. You know what I mean? Uh, yes. No concept jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yes. 
No concept jujitsu out in says Maryland. The fatter of the two of us, yes. <laughs> he says a rap. Um, stoked for the uh, next few weeks. I have a lot of training in my. I just have a lot of clear schedule. It's going to be great. So I'm That's looking awesome. forward to it. That's it for me. I'm done. Uh, let's uh, start off with Valley Martial Arts Center. Uh, I want to give special shouts outs to all of the folks who competed this weekend. So that's uh, Pam, Carlo, uh, Joe, um, Woo! Pam, Carlo, Deb, and uh, my goodness, uh, it was really cool to find that uh, Pam ended up winning in her division. So yeah. really, really cool. Um, so really, really cool stuff. I want to thank uh, Alex Perez, who this week just smashed me uh just uh that the, the smash that's like so super polite so like he's that person who's choking you and then like sees that you're really fighting the choke and is like loosens it and is like let me tell you what happened here and i go thank you uh so alex is is great and real big props to him because he just got awarded his purple belt so Oh, that's awesome. I can't be more excited about that. He, he, he said he wasn't expecting it, and uh, those are always the best stories when people are just like, what, me? Yeah, that is pretty cool. So uh, couldn't be happier for that. And uh, all the good folks at uh, Valley Martial Arts Center, you guys are always super cool to train with. Uh, some also shouts out to our good friends over at Force Balance uh, Jiu-Jitsu. So I got invited. Force I Balance? Feel, that's, that's not a thing. Don't do oh, okay. it. Don't, these people are new. They're not going to have no idea know, that you mean it affectionately. <laughs> uh, so if you'll recall, our uh, police officer over at The Tonight Show, yeah, John Chang, he got in touch with me and he was like, you should come train. And I was like, dude, you know I'm always down to train. And uh, he brought me over to his gym, Force Balance. And Leonidas is the name of the instructor who was starting. So they referred him as the 300. That's awesome. But uh, they were really cool. They had some really cool things. And the, this is always the best thing is when they teach you something that then you take to your gym and everybody goes, what was that? And you go, I don't, I don't know. Well, it just happened. It was weird. So uh, I can't thank him enough for that. Uh, Julie Chang also, Rambert Rojas, Brian Mejia. He looks just like Andre Galvo, which is terrifying. That is That would be hard to get over. Like if you were rolling with that person? Yeah. Uh, and then they have a dude who they refer to as Little Keenan who also uh, – his name's Scott McCarthy. And uh, if you are in his guard, you have problems that you have to get through. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, it was, it was n- not a, a picnic. Uh, <laughs> dude was so awesome to roll with. Uh, Jeremy Zargami, Russ Smitty, and Ian. This is my favorite note from <laughs> – John, who's just like, I don't know his last name, Ian. So, Ian, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I don't know your last name either. But they were so funny because they did a nice acknowledgement for me, uh, I guess, when they were closing up class. And I'm such a publicity whore that they go, oh, hey, Raph, we hear you have a podcast. And I go, I I do. You mean Verbal Tapcast, which episode uh, 50 just aired with Carlos Condit. Julia Pena, Chris Holdsworth, and Bubba McDaniel, and I swear to God, this is their reaction. Ooh! And I go, yeah. <laughs> Everybody, please go listen and rate us on iTunes. Now, I love that you're always in business mode. You don't oh, apologize. Oh, no. And, you know, 
they're great people, and, and many of them have actually added us on the, the Facebook and whatnot. So oh, that is awesome. uh, kudos to them. We, we definitely love them, and uh, I hope to train with them again soon. And our final big shout-out today is going to go over to uh, a guy on the BJJ Reddit forums who uh, really was awesome. Uh, he has a website. It's called joshjitsu.info. And uh, I had this problem where I was like, I just, for whatever reason, people kept knocking out my my foot. And there's no human way to explain this, but, like, I just kept falling on my toes and, like, stubbing them continuously. And I'm like, I can understand getting swept, but falling on my toes is hysterically stupid. <laughs> like, and I can't explain super what's painful. happening. It's st- <laughs> oh, yeah. still fucking hurts. And I'm telling people, I'm like, and he, the funniest part is, you know, uh, the guy, Josh, he's trying to ask me how it happened. And I'm like, look, all you need to know is I'm an idiot. And I'm really bad at jujitsu. And someone clipped my leg. And for whatever reason, my muscle memory said, hey, you know what's a great idea? Letting your toes take all the brunt of your weight and falling <laughs> and collapsing on them. So uh, he actually responded to a thread that I put up that I was just like, I'm stupid and <laughs> was really helpful. So we told him we shout him out. And uh, if you get a chance, really look up his stuff. He's really got some great technical jiu-jitsu advice that it was easy to see why he was trying to answer my question from a super real perspective while I was like, yeah. I'm just stupid. Can you just remedy that? <laughs> Is that possible? Uh, that I, I'm pretty sure it's not, but uh, <laughs> he was so super helpful. And then all of a sudden you read his website and you go, oh. Yeah, you're you're pretty legit, dude. This is pretty awesome. So please go check out his site. I can't recommend it enough for you guys. And I think that'll do it for my shoutouts for today. This has been Verbal Tap. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight from the future. <laughs> <laughs>